And welcome back to another episode of Sports with the Z. I'm the Z, your host, Zach Naidu, as always. Uh, I see some people already in here uh, to listen live, still waiting on the guest to hop on. It is his first time uh, using Colin. So, so we'll give it a few minutes uh, and then and then we'll get this thing going. But thanks to all you listeners who are already hopping on to listen live. Um. I see obvious on. All right, here we go. Uh, we got Abby and Anch on today. Uh, we're going to lead with Anch, and then Abby will give uh, his take uh, on the Cowboys. We'll see how that goes. Uh, excited to hear from him, but. Uh, like I said, two special guests today, uh, another uh, set of high school friends. Um, Ansh Kular is going to take the lead for most of this today as we're talking about the Washington football team. So, uh, Ansh, I want to make sure you know how everything works, you know, how to, you know, unmute yourself, talk. Uh, are you good on that end? I, I think so. Thanks for having me, Zach. There- but, um, <laughs> but more, than, more than you, thanks to Avi for letting me occupy the space with him. I feel really honored in a lot of ways. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we we got a good show uh, lined up today, uh, and I'm excited to talk about the Washington football team. Uh, my pick to win the NFC East. Uh, Ansh, we'll just start off how, how we always do with uh, our guests. I want to hear how long he's been a fan of Washington, uh, your best moment, and your probably most painful or least favorite moment. So I'll turn it over to you to just get the intro started, and then we'll uh, take it from there. Yeah, man. So I actually, I was born in DC, uh, lived in the DMV for the first 11, 12 years of my life. Wasn't really a huge football fan growing up though, just because like they were, they were not a very fun team to root for. But I think come 2011, 2012, uh, kind of when the RG3 era started taking off, a, a lot of that love was rekindled. And I think a lot of Washington fans and DMV sports fans feel that way. And ever since then, it's kind of been a it's been a tough fandom for sure. It's been a really hard road. The peak, I think, for any Washington football team fan my age is definitely that RG3 era for those, well, really that one magical year. And as far as worst memory goes, that's an easy one, dude. The Seattle playoff game where my guy tore his ACL. Yeah, so I, I guess all of the highs and lows uh, for Washington or, or the biggest highs, the biggest lows happened in the span of one or two years. Is that safe to say? That's definitely safe to say. And I think the biggest reason is uh, there's just that we haven't had a transcendent quarterback talent like that really ever uh, in the history of like my Washington fandom. So, yeah, that's that's as good as it's gotten for me. Okay, well, now that I've gotten you in a in a poor mood, let's. I want to get your thoughts uh, <laughs> on on this team uh, and on the NFC East. Uh, typically, when I've been spotlighting teams, I like to get uh, perspective about uh, the the division as a whole because I think you know divisional fans more so than the average casual fan know a little bit about it. And uh, we have Abby here to to talk about the Cowboys. Uh, we got to do a Cowboys episode, just Cowboys as well. But um, Abby's going to chime in when we talk about the Cowboys. But I will uh, leave it to you to kind of start things off, whether you want to talk about Eagles, Giants, Cowboys. And I guess we can anchor on my take that I think Washington is going to win the division. And if you just want to 
tell me what's let's start with either the Eagles or the Giants, how you think they could challenge or if you think there's a challenge and, and what you think is going to happen on that front. I think we should start with the Giants. I, I don't think the Eagles are a serious threat. They have a lot of talent, I think, on both sides. But the biggest problem with the Eagles is they have a really, what looks to be a really unproven coaching staff. It doesn't look like they've got faith in Hurts uh, with bringing in Minshew as seemingly like a contingency plan for midseason. But my Giants take actually is that if you look at the NFC East, I don't think that the best unit in this division is the Cowboys' offense. I also don't think the best unit in the NFC East is the Washington defense. I think the Giants' defense is the best side of the football in the NFC East. Um, if you just look, wow, at the- that that's unexpected. Yeah, please, please elaborate on that. I was not expecting that coming into this call. Please, please uh, share your your thoughts on that. Well, it's it's twofold. Uh, the first side of that is I think the Washington defense is getting a little bit too much shine. Uh, if you look at their numbers last year, ranking second in PFF's passing defense categories, they were definitively the best defense against the run last year. But a lot of these stats are a product of who they've played at quarterback. They, they've had several games where they dealt with well, whatever the Cowboys' mess was last year at quarterback. Joe Burrow tore his ACL when he played us. Uh, we played against... Uh, we played against Carson Wentz at the beginning of the season. And really, any time the Washington defense played against a competent quarterback, the statistical difference is it's absolutely staggering. Uh, I still think they're going to be a really good unit. Bringing in William Jackson's huge. Getting Landon Collins back from injury is huge. They should definitely be a top 8 to 10 defense in the league. But the way people have penciled them in as like a top 3, even some people have called them the best defense in football. But I just don't think they've proved that against a sample size that like represents real quarterbacking or offensive talent. Whereas look at a team like the Giants, and I understand that even their sample isn't enormous, but you look at what look at what they did to our offense, for example, but even more than that, look at what they did to a team like Seattle. They just absolutely stopped Seattle in their tracks last year. Uh, even when they played teams like Arizona, or the Bucks, the Giants' defense is putting up a good fight in every one of those games. I ultimately don't think the Giants will be a threat to Washington, only because they're so inept on the offensive side of the football. But they have so much talent on defense, and they're so well-coached that you can't ignore what they did last year. Well, on that note, would you say it's fair, or is it fair to say the Giants are the worst quarterback, starting quarterback in the division? Um, until such time Jalen Hurts retains, loses his job. Yeah, I, I would say so. I think you can make an argument for Jones okay. over Minshew, but uh, if Hurts is playing, then yeah, I, I think Daniel Jones is definitely the worst quarterback. Okay. Um, so that's, I think that, I mean, that's probably unfortunate for Giants fans to hear given they, they spent a, a first round pick on him, but you know, it's just not been pretty for, for the Duke product since he came to the NFL, uh, struggled with turnovers a lot. There was thoughts last year he could take a step and, Cleary was unable to do that, and I think it's up to him to change that narrative at this point. Um, but I, I, I think the Giants are probably better than the Eagles. I mean, I mean like I think you agree with me, just because the Eagles, there's so much uncertainty. I do like the intrigue with Jalen Hurts. It reminds me a little bit of Lamar Jackson a couple years ago, where guy came in at the end of the last season, did better than people thought, but. There weren't huge expectations, but he was a talented player. And then he came in the next year and was a great team. I don't, I don't expect a 2019 Ravens scenario, um, but 
definitely something to keep an eye on uh, there. Is there anything else with the Eagles you want to touch on quickly before we uh, pivot to the Cowboys? I know there's not too much to talk about there. I think this is one of the more dysfunctional teams along with the Texans in the NFL with the end of the Doug Peterson era, um, Carson Wentz leaving. It just seems kind of like a mess. They do have their offensive line back after struggling with that last year, but is there you know, anything else you think is worth mentioning about the Eagles or is this kind of you know, one of those teams that if they get to five wins, you'll be pretty impressed. I think that kind of summarizes my thoughts on the Eagles exactly. But, you know, we can't rule out a scenario where Jalen Hurts comes in and maybe his uh, legs and the offensive line create enough of a system for them to be a frisky team on a week-to-week basis. But without really seeing what their offensive system looks like, how much faith that staff has in them, I, I, I can't prognosticate that. Okay. Well, I mean, it seems like uh, I, was, I think I'm still floored from your Giants defense take. But that, that just shows why uh, that's, that's why we do this show, because there's people I love sports, but there's people who pay more attention to certain things than I do. And, and it's and it's good to hear. And that's a good point you made about the Giants. I remember that Seahawks game at the end of last year. Uh, they, they won that game, correct? Uh, they. Yeah, I remember those were really low scoring games. They did. Um, they did. But we'll see. Uh, they do have Saquon back. So. Uh, arguably the best running back in the division. All right, we'll get to that. I'm sure you have a different thought on that. But uh, with that, uh, the last thing to talk about before we talk about your team is the Dallas Cowboys. And uh, Avi, if you want to take yourself off mute and jump into this conversation, feel free. Uh, I'm going to start with hearing Anch's take on the Cowboys. Obviously, their season already started. Disappointing two-point loss. Well, I believe it's disappointing given how the game went on Thursday. The Cowboys already 0-1. Uh, keeping the status quo of letting down their fans uh, before we get to the first Sunday of the season. Um, Ansh, what are your thoughts on the Cowboys this year? You know, I, I would love nothing more than to say horrible, horrible things about the Cowboys, but I was really impressed with how they looked on Thursday. I thought Dak looked great. He looked really healthy. I thought Kellen Moore devised a great game plan. But as always, it's these little things with the Cowboys. It's red zone ineptitude, kicking field goals where they have no business kicking field goals, conservatism at the strangest times in the game. I, I thought really the Cowboys were a much better team than the Bucks on Thursday. And it's a shame they lost that game. It would have been a really huge one for them. Uh, I'm a little worried about the Cowboys this year. Ultimately, I do think that Washington's going to finish ahead of them. Um we, I'm sure we'll have a Fitzpatrick conversation soon, um, but it really can't be understated how much of an advantage Dallas has at the quarterback position uh, compared to what we're trying out week to week. I think they're all. I and mean, really, I, I, I really guess guess the whole division. I, I think uh, you'll be hard pressed to find another division in this league, just off the top of my head, where there's such an obvious advantage at quarterback. Uh, I mean, there might there might only be three other quarterbacks in the conference who are better week to week than Dak. Uh, they they looked great. They looked really explosive. Uh, but in Cowboy, in amazing classic Cowboys fashion, what the next day, while Collins suspended five games, losing Gallup for three to five weeks, those are not trivial losses. And I don't think they're going to be able to run the ball at all this year. Zeke looked absolutely cooked in that game. So we'll see how balanced their offense is. But you can't you can't rule out Dak and the quarterback just having a special week. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I don't disagree. Um, 
Abby, I want to turn over to you for a second, see if there's anything you want to add. Um, yeah, um, yeah, just quick addition. Um, Lyle Collins' suspension isn't 100% official in the books yet. Um, so I think we'll wait on that. Um, but I think everything that Unshed is true. Uh, I obviously have the Cowboys winning the division. Um, I think there's a lot to like. Uh, I know you said that the loss was, was disappointing uh, on Thursday, but I, I came away pretty impressed. Uh, I think the season, like, I don't expect a Super Bowl out of the season. Um, I'd be really happy if we just see some progress from Dak. Uh, I wasn't sold on him uh, coming into the season. Uh, still, as our as our guy, as someone who's capable of leading a team to the Super Bowl, but um, I, if he plays like he did on Thursday for the rest of the season, uh, no matter how many games we win. Um, I'll, I'll emerge um, happy with what, with the way that things have gone. Yeah, you know, I, I think that's uh, the difference um, between a Cowboys skeptic and a Cowboys fan. Um, it's no secret to either of you two. Obvious, clearly the bigger Cowboys fan. I am from Dallas. My team in Dallas is the Mavericks. That's that's my team that I'm devoted to. And uh, by default and uh, trial and error, I am a Cowboys fan. But um, I, I just don't expect anything different from what we saw Thursday. And that's a game that the Cowboys just should have won. If you if you really look at what happened, that they got four turnovers. We'll say three because one was a Brady Hail Mary at the end of the first half. But especially with how valuable uh, one of those turnovers was, keeping Chris Godwin out of the end zone, I just – that was the Cowboys game to win, and, and they blew it. Um, Ant, anything else to add on top of that before we uh, go go to Washington? Yeah, uh, the last thing I would add is that the discourse on Washington versus Dallas is absolutely going to look different over the next two months. I do believe Washington finishes ahead of them by the end of the season, but just if you look at the schedules these two teams have, Washington really, uh, they really made it up a pull climb for themselves by winning the division last year. Dallas does not play another playoff team again, a playoff team from last year until November 21st, and that's the Chiefs. Um, and then after that, they play the Saints, and then they play Washington weeks 14 and 16. Um, but really, Dallas's schedule, it's much, much, much easier. Whereas if you look at uh, the football team, it's Chargers, Giants, Bills, Falcons, Saints, Chiefs, Packers. Uh, then they've got the Broncos, the Bucks, the Seahawks are in there too. It's, a, it's going to be a gauntlet, and I think we're going to see Dallas start out the season with a pretty definitive lead in the division, though I do expect Washington to to catch them by the end okay well with that and you know let's let's jump into it let's talk about the washington football team uh as always i'd like to defer to the guests to structure or spend a certain amount of time on on different topics uh because i mean you do know them better than anybody on this pod uh but i do want to start with the acquisition of ryan fitzpatrick that's you know that's the title of the podcast just fitz magic meeting dc uh i think there's a lot to unravel there, but let's let's just start with that. How do you feel about Ryan Fitzpatrick? I would assume you think he's an upgrade over uh, Dwayne Haskins and Alex Smith and <laughs> Kyle Allen. Uh, but uh, I'll, I'll let you take it from here. What do you what do you think about this, and how are you feeling about uh, this acquisition? Forgot my guy Taylor. Yeah, well, I don't. Uh, you know, I like Heineke. So, you know, <laughs> I I thought uh, that's why I uh, let's talk about it. What, what what do you think? Well, all right. I, I have two opinions on this. I think both will be unpopular, but in 
polar opposite directions. The first one is just something that has to be said. You know, Alex Smith comes in last year when his team is in a really tough place, and he led us to a lot of a lot of really important wins. But uh, what needs to be acknowledged here is that while he's a great, great story, uh, really inspiring guy, really great guy, and he was a great leader for the team. Alex Smith could not play quarterback last year. Uh, he was absolutely absolutely inept as our starting quarterback last year the offensive playbook was limited in ways that it was it was honestly hard to watch on a week-to-week basis if not for the defense generating so many turnovers and really giving us advantageous field position against pretty poor starting quarterback opposition washington would not have really had a chance to win that division last year so i think any upgrade over alex smith is a more than welcome one and in that regard, yeah, I'm really and, 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 and real, real, real quick, Ansh, I just uh, my mom is listening. and I'm sure she doesn't know who Alex Smith is. Uh, I'm sure most sports listeners on this do. But Alex Smith was the starting quarterback uh, of Washington in the 2018 season. You know, he had been the first overall pick uh, 2004. The year and Rodgers was drafted, bounced around a few teams. Um, was playing pretty well for Washington. He suffered a compound fracture to his right tibia and uh, fibula. In November 2018, uh, that led to 17 surgeries, and he missed the entire 2019 season. He also developed sepsis, which is a potentially life-threatening complication from an infection, and had to wear a brace to combat his drop foot. Uh, so that just, I think, to so everybody understands why Ansh talked about this and why he spoke so glowingly is because I think the narrative around just Smith's comeback was so amazing, but... It sounds like what you're saying, Anch, is if it wasn't such an amazing comeback, he never would have been in there. You know, they, they kind of felt obligated to play him. Well, I, I do think he was the best option of, of what they had, but I think that speaks more definitively to how bad their other options were. Uh, if you remember the first game, we actually threw Alex Smith in coming off of all of these catastrophic injuries. It was against Aaron Donald and the Rams. And it was horrifying. It was it was really scary to watch that guy drop back every week. Um, so I'm glad he made it out of the season healthy. But I, I am excited for Fitzpatrick to come in. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I cut you off there. I'm, I'm going to keep you going on that train of thought. Uh, so Fitzpatrick's obviously an upgrade there, you think? Obviously an upgrade. Scott Turner wants to run a more vertical passing offense. We just we couldn't do that last year. You know, Terry McLaurin has a downfield skill set that I'm really excited to see unleashed. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty bummed about Curtis Samuel being injured to start the year. He was, I think, our second biggest free agency acquisition after William Jackson in the corner. And I, I was really excited to see what he did uh, coming here from Carolina. But, you know, one thing here that I think is not going to be very popular for a lot of people to hear is that a lot of the Ryan Fitzpatrick hype to me, it seems a little bit out of control. A lot of it is really being propagated by like people who play fantasy football and they see guys like Fitzpatrick come in and put up quality numbers on a week-to-week basis. But I think people are losing sight of who Fitzpatrick has been for the majority of his career. I mean, you, you look at seasons in which he's played uh, or started at least eight games and the records aren't promising. Four, seven, and one, four, and four, four, and nine. Six and ten, six and ten, three and six. He has a ten and six in there, but it's followed up with another six and ten, three and eight. And yeah, we have the we have the four and three last year, but 
it's it's important to remember this guy if we if we're setting the over under on how many starts he has this season i would not be comfortable betting over 10 and a half or maybe even if we ask ourselves like who's going to play more football games this year as a starting quarterback is it going to be a guy like ryan fitzpatrick or a guy like trey lance even in san francisco we'll see how far fitzpatrick makes it i'm not sure this team has options in the depth chart behind them uh that that really create a viable replacement, but I do think there'll be a narrative midseason that, especially with how hard our schedule starting out, that Fitzpatrick is holding them back in significant ways. I think we're having some like technical difficulties on Zach's end, so I'll wait till he comes back and gets that sorted. Uh, but there are a couple more topics that we definitely need to touch on with regards to this Washington offense. And uh, the first, I guess there's two guys who I am very, very excited to watch this year. These are two guys who were on my fantasy team last year, um, who I rooted for ever since they've been drafted, just because I think they're really going to be the future of the wide receiver and running back position in the league. And the first guy is obviously Terry McLaurin. This guy is, I think, a definitive uh, candidate to really lead the NFL, not just in categories. Uh, like red zone targets, but also uh, overall receptions and yardage. Terry McLaurin, uh, I think this is the first time in his career, it is definitely the first time in his career, where he's playing with a quarterback that can get him the ball down the field and accurately. And yes, I'm pretty worried about Fitz uh, and his like turnover-prone uh, gunslinger mentality. But, you know, Fitzpatrick really brings a lot to the table for a guy like Terry. And I think his career is going to take a pretty big step forward as a result of it. Uh, so I think we could see him put up really huge numbers in his first year. And I think even having guys like Diami Brown and Curtis Samuel on the outside to take pressure off of him, I think that's going to that's going to be a huge step forward. I think we definitively have the best wide receiver in the division. I don't know Zach touched on this earlier <laughs> as to whether or not uh, Washington has the best running back in the division too. I'm not ready to go that far. I, I definitely have a lot of love for Saquon. I, I think that guy is going uh, to come back and look pretty good. Maybe not right out of the gates, but after the first month of the season, Saquon should be in pretty good shape again. Um, but I'm really excited. I'm really excited to see how Antonio Gibson looks. You know, <laughs> this is a guy who had more carries as a running back his rookie year uh, than he did at Memphis as a senior, which is absolutely unbelievable and he looked pretty polished while doing it i think the bigger question that people have for antonio gibson is whether or not he plays more on third down and he takes more of a role away from jd mckissick and those questions don't really center around his talent as a pass catcher you know he started out as a receiver so we know that talent exists uh the bigger problem there is whether gibson can really take a step forward with pass protection so you know, we'll see if Gibson's capable of pulling that off. I, I think he will be. You know, a lot of the reports out of training camp have been that he looks a lot more comfortable this year. And I think that could be huge. You know, Washington doesn't have the best offensive line, but we do have talent at center. Brandon Sheriff, obviously, our all-pro uh, starting uh, guard. You know, if our run game can take a step forward and really bring an element of ball control to this offense, I, I think that would be huge. It would take a lot of pressure off of Fitzpatrick and – I think against teams like Dallas, who have such explosive passing offenses, it's best not to put Fitz in a position where he has to go out there and feel like he has to sling the sling the ball over and over again. Um, because really with our defense, our, our goal should be to run the ball and really control the tempo of these games. So I'm excited to see what Gibson looks like this year.
And then uh, I guess going beyond that, you know. Oh, here's like Avi. Avi, you want to talk? Um, yeah, I kind of have a question for you. Um, so yeah, for I was looking into some stats earlier today, um, and so Fitzpatrick's had a had a long career, right? Um, seventeen years, and he's only been he's only had a winning record three of those seventeen seasons. Um, one of them was last year. Are you counting? Are you are, are you counting him going four and three? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> literally counting that. He has one winning season for an entire season, like ten and six on the Jets, like almost a decade ago. Um, I'm just curious. Like he's 38. Um, he's the same guy that like he's repeatedly proven to us that he's the same guy that we see uh, year in and year out. I don't know what you think um, would change this year. I guess. Well, it's, it really goes back to that framing at the beginning. You know, I, I'm with you, man. I I'm not a huge Fitzpatrick believer. Uh, I have all the skepticism regarding this guy that you do. But it just comes down to this question of, is he better than Alex Smith? Yes or no? Like, when I, when I say the playbook was limited last year, like, really, dude, like, uh, even even simple, like, slant patterns, uh, that that was basically our offense. Like, like let's dump the ball to Terry McCorn on a screen, see if he can break, like, two, three tackles. And sometimes he would. He would pick up a first down. But if the defense wasn't generating good field position for Washington, the offense was pretty cooked all year long. And, you know, they had these blow-up games, but a lot of those blow-up games came came against teams like Dallas, who did not have a prayer of doing anything on defense against really anyone. I think those are skewing our offensive numbers in a way, and especially skewing um, a lot of the attention that we're getting from the national media uh, to make it look like Washington was even a little bit more competent on offense last year than they actually were. So, again, like, not the biggest fits guy, but it's not a very high bar to clear He's just got to be able to execute some simple intermediate to deep concepts, and that'll really open up the playbook. I think that'll make Gibson, the running attack, look a lot more capable as well. So, I mean, I'm, I'm worried. Like, we're gonna get we're gonna get a four pick game from him. There's like absolutely no doubt in my mind about that. But we're also gonna get like a three or four touchdown game from him a few times this year. And I think it's just taking the good with the bad and understanding that he is such a significant upgrade. Um, that it should empower all the other skill guys in this offense a lot too. So one thing that um, I was kind of impressed by, not to bring in the Cowboys again, but um, uh, we kind of dominated the the ball possession, uh, like time of possession um, against the Bucks. I think mostly because of the turnovers that we got. But um, do you think that Fitz can kind of run that kind of offense where Rivera is able to kind of keep him in check and he's not just a, a, gl- a gunslinger? Well, yeah, I think there's a world where Fitz can execute on those like short pass concepts. I don't know if my guy is necessarily disciplined enough to not always try to take the top off the defense, but no, he's definitely uh, he's definitely mature and smart enough as a quarterback to execute all those uh, play concepts. But here's the other thing: I don't really think we need to do that, uh, and the reason we don't need to do that is because our running back isn't cooked. <laughs> we're not paying uh, we're not paying Zeke Elliott, uh, who is very washed. $50 million. We've got a young guy, Antonio Gibson, who you can, he showed last year, he can be a good north-south runner. He can get you those four, uh, three, four yards in uh, tough situations against stacked boxes. But even more than that, like this guy was known for being a home run hitter at Memphis. We saw small bursts of that last year. And I think we're going to see a lot more of that this year, especially with Fitz keeping defenses more honest. So 
I think we can ball control, but we don't have to ball control the way that y'all did. I think we can look at a more traditional offense that, you know, runs the ball. Occasionally they get chunk plays out of Gibson, but I have, I have faith in our running attack a lot more so than y'all. I, I appreciate your, your confidence in your guy. Um, I also think that Gibson can be good and Zeke can be good. Um, I don't think it's an either or kind of dichotomy that we have to draw here. Uh, Zeke looked good. Um, he, he was playing the the Bucks number one rush defense from last year, pretty much unchanged. Uh, great D line over there. I, I'm not saying his numbers were great. It's still a horrible like albatross of a contract, but um, he looked quicker than he did last year. Um, so I'm excited about Zeke. Maybe as much as you were excited about Gibson, but we'll see how this. I'm sorry. You said Zeke looked good. My guy had what one safety on him. He had to break one tackle to get to the end zone. He couldn't do it. That's one the game. Uh, well, it, it's, on, it's one of the game. Uh, Darwin missed his block five or six yards upfield. The defender. I mean, I, I agree that you got to make your man miss at some point, but my guy, how many running backs in the NFL get paid fifty million dollars? That category is what it's. Um, it's, it's Dalvin, it's CMC, it's Kamara, and Henry. All four of those guys break that tackle. Why are we making excuses for Zeke? Yeah, maybe it's just uh, sunk cost at this point. Uh, we're not moving on from him anytime soon. So I, I'm, at least I'm happy to see that he is in shape more so than he was last year. And I think there is a role for him on the offense, given how much um, Kellen Moore is kind of moving pieces around. Um, Pollard did look more dynamic than him on Thursday. I agree. But um, see, that's all, that's all I'm saying. I just I don't want you to lie to the good people of Colin. You know, I just I, I, I want the discourse to be objective and honest. Don't say Zeke looked good. He didn't look good. What what are we doing here? <laughs> Zeke looked better. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I do think Zach's back. If if you want to hop back in, Zach. I think Zach, yeah, or, or he's your, not. Zeke looked good. He heard your Zeke, <laughs> and then he left. And uh, I think his phone first on. He gave up. All right. Well, this was fun. Uh, thanks for calling in, everybody. Um, I'm sorry that you had technical difficulties, Zach, but thanks for giving us the space. I'm glad uh, me and Avi got a chance to talk about our respective teams a little bit. Avi, anything else you want to touch on before we hop off? No, uh, it was it was good talking to you. Um, excited for a, for a good day of football out of us today. My fantasy team is going to crush yours today. So, all right. <laughs> we'll see about that. All right, good looks, everyone. Thanks.